Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast, and I happen to be your humble host. My name is Sean Davis, and joining me, as always, my co-host with the mostest, my wife, my partner in crime, my best friend, her name is... Just Jen. Just Jen. And um, we're excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for today's show. I really am. I am super excited because... He's pretty amazing. I mean, when do you get a chance to interview a chief happiness officer? I know. Like... Best title ever. That is the coolest thing ever. We're interviewing Edwin Edabiri, and he is the founder of Happy Neighborhood Project. It's a registry for happy businesses, and the I Am Happy Project, now in 64 cities, 19 countries, and 70,000 members. His purpose, get this, Jen... His purpose? Yeah. To inspire and encourage others to their full potential and have a positive impact on the world through service and love. (gasps) Is that not what we're doing too? I think he's the boy version of me. He is the boy version of you. Yeah. I think so. I think so. He's way cooler than me, but I think, you know, we're kind of like two peas in a pod. I do think you're two peas in the same pod, but let me, let me tell you all about Edwin. He is the pioneer of happiness as a skill. He teaches happiness class to high school and college students. Uh, He also conducts happiness at work sessions. He's a TEDx speaker, workshop leader, over 30 years of experience, dynamo of humor and enthusiasm. I mean, I love listening to this guy. We have to link his TED Talk on here because one of them, the one that we listened to, was hilarious. Well, not only are we going to link his TED Talk on here, but he's also come up with a list of 10 concrete things people can do to become happier in their <gasps> everyday lives. We're going to we're going to post that in our Instagram which you can find mm-hmm. by going to Hope Radio Podcast and we're also going to post it on our Facebook at Hope Radio Podcast. Both of them. How yes. cool is that? Both named the same thing. Yes. Hope Radio Podcast. I think everyone should try to guess those 10 things right now. That'd be a good. So you go. Go. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, here's the good news. You will know in a little bit. I know, like, because I really don't know yet. So I'm excited to learn. I probably won't talk that much because I'll be absorbing all the information from this man. Well, here's what's also interesting. We came to know Edwin through another one of our guests on the show. And that's why it's so important. If you're mm-hmm. listening right now, if you have a story of encouragement, if you have a story of hope, if you have a story of perseverance, we want to hear from you. We'd love to uh, have you on our show. Yes. And talk with you, interview you, and hopefully spread hope to others. Let's spread all the hope. And if you are somebody that needs some encouragement, mm-hmm. maybe you want to come on the show. And uh, we had that last week. We had a great conversation mm-hmm. with somebody that just needed a little bit of encouragement, yeah. we felt. Yeah. And uh, I can't help but think by the end of that podcast, she was a bit happier, a little bit more encouraged, mm-hmm. a little bit more fulfilled. So if you're that person, we'd also love yeah. to hear from you. I am a proven encourager. You are proven. I am proven. So yeah. if anyone needs to call and you need encouragement, let's chat. Well, let's you talk. are a proven encourager mm-hmm. until you get sassy. <laughs> I speak the truth. You do. And then sometimes it's not encouraging. <laughs> Let me just say, as your husband, I will say. True. But I love you 
regardless. I love exactly who you are. So uh, I'm excited. But I we keep can't... it real. Okay. Honestly, like it is what it is. I am what I am. I keep it very real, as real as it gets. You don't know how to be anything other than just Jen. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You ready? Let's, I'm ready. Let's get Edwin on let's the phone. Do it. Let's talk to this guy. I'm excited. Me too. All right, so we've got Edwin Edabiri on our podcast. We're so happy to uh, have him join us on the show. He is the chief happiness officer, and he is spreading his message of happiness throughout the whole world. Thank you so much for joining us, Edwin. How are you today? Oh, I am happy. Thank you for having me. Uh, we, we are happy, too. We're happy to have you on. And so I watched your TEDx talk, and I just have to say I was blown away. What you're doing, your mission, never heard of it before, but loved it as soon as I saw it. So for those that are listening, can you explain to them um, what you do and uh, how this all started? Well, you know, uh, Sean, this is what's so exciting. You know, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for what you're doing because the whole world needs hope more than any time. And I think with hope, we will be able to overcome. So I want to say thank you guys for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. We believe the same. Hope, hope will prevail. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, and and, and what is so exciting for me, and I know that will sound very awkward because of the times that we are, but the reason I'm excited is I have been here before. Okay. (laughs) And, and, you know, it was back in 2008 when I was talking about the recession and I do a lot of meditation. So I came out of meditation early part of 2009, and I just made up my mind that I did not want to be part of this dialogue about recession. You know, and, and it was just a very easy decision. It was a very calming one. And then I decided, you know what? What if I can go out and talk to just one person and help to shift their mind from all the negativity into something positive? And so that's how it started. And I just went out, and the first person I came across, I asked a very simple question on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you today? Not yesterday, not tomorrow, just now, you know? And they gave me a number, and we talked about it. And I noticed as they were leaving, there was a little smile on their face. I was like, yeah, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so that was how it kind of started. And again, in the beginning, it was not really a big deal. It wasn't designed to be anything. And then one day, I was in Jack London Square in Oakland. And those who know Oakland, California, beautiful place. And it was a beautiful Sunday. I was just having a really good time. And so a young man was coming towards me. And uh, and again, this is a routine I've done several times before that. So I said, hey, can I ask you a quick question? And he said, no. And I was like, oh, no. What's going on here? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, come on. I'm gonna, it's going to be a really quick one. And he said, not really. You know? I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so anyway, I think he realized I wasn't going to let him go that easy. And so just to kind of get rid of me, he said, okay, you know, whatever it is, just ask the question. So I said the same thing on a scale of 1 to 10. How happy are you? And it's called by far the lowest I have gotten from everybody. And again, like I said, it was a beautiful Sunday morning. The weather was nice. And so it kind of of held me back. It's like, why would anybody assess themselves this low? So then I proceeded to say, hey, can I ask you, can I share a quick story with you? 
And he said, no. I said, yeah, we're going again, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I knew this was going to be a hard one. So, but anyway, I insisted. He did allow me to share that story. And at the end of the story, I noticed his energy was a little bit dull. It was a little bit more relaxed. So I said, hey, can I share one more? He didn't say yes or no. So I assume it as a yes because I'm just optimistic kind of person, you know? <laughs> And then uh, I shared the second story, the third story, the fourth story. I think it was like nine story or 30 minutes later. I was on a roll. And then a little voice in my head said, okay, why don't you just slow down? You know, <laughs> that's enough. You, know? <laughs> you, you wanted to share so, every story in your toolbox. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I was just going to unleash it on him, you know. <laughs> so so, so I, you know, I heard the little voice and I reached out to shake his hand. And he grabbed my hand. He would not let it go. So I'm like looking around. It's like, okay, what have I got myself into, you know? And then and then he said, okay, what is your name? I said, well, I said, well, I don't give out my name. And I made that decision, you know, uh, Sean and Jen, very early on, because I didn't want people to think, you know what, this guy is just being nice. He's going to come back and try to sell us something, you know? So I didn't yeah. want that. I just wanted it to be just pure a sharing of happiness and you know if anything's going to come out of it I will not know and, and we just go on yeah the anonymity so, of it I could see you know just being anonymous to some degree actually makes it more impactful because mm-hmm. it, 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 it alleviates every opportunity for somebody to second guess why you would be interested in their story right. or hearing about their happiness so I think right. that that was that that's awesome yeah and he also allowed people to be kind of free with me. You know, yeah. some total stranger, they would just start sharing stuff and they just know it's not going to go anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but this gentleman was not going to take that very easy, you know? So he was still holding my hand and he said, you know, I didn't want to talk to you at first. You've kept me here for almost 30 minutes. The least you can do is give me your name. <laughs> so I thought that was fair, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, it was fair, yeah. Plus, I also wanted my hand back, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> and you knew the only way to get it back was going to be to share your name. <laughs> exactly. It was not going to go for any other way, you know? So, I, I put in my name, he asked for the spelling, and he thanked me, and he released my hand. I'm like, wow, okay. So, <laughs> I went my way. You know, at that point, it still was no big deal for me. It was just another, you know, that happened to take longer. It used to take me like two, three minutes conversation and this took 30 minutes so it was nice day you know mm-hmm. and then it was the next day I got a call from this young man and he goes do you remember me I say yes <laughs> from Jackson Square and I said but what I don't you know, remember is giving you my number <laughs> <laughs> I gave you my name but not my number <laughs> I, I didn't give you my number <laughs> So now I'm kind of scared a little bit, you know. I'm like, okay. And then it goes, I Googled you. And I'm like, all right, that's that's fair, you know. So so what's up? What's up? And then he said, you know, I'm just calling to say thank you. That's when I kind of got off the balance. I'm like, wait a second. I'm the one that had you hosted. So why are you calling me? That doesn't make any sense. And that's when he break the news, you know. That when I stopped him, he was on his way to commit suicide. I was like, mm. "Whoa, wow!" You know, I mean, I I was kind of like so taken back. I was like, "Whoa!" And and so much stuff was going on in my head. What if the time is the first? No, he told me. I just took that and just went on. 
or the second no. I mean, I, I you know I would never have known. And so the first thing that came out of my mouth was, you have to go see a counselor. Yes. And then he said, he has been seeing a counselor for almost two years and nothing was happening. And I was like, well, you know, what happened then? What, what changed? And that's when he said, well, you know, the stories you were sharing, they all kind of make sense. Like I was in so much pain that I just suppressed those things. And he said, but when you were finished, I was like, whoa, maybe I should give this thing another try, you know? So he went back home, the suicide note, he has left for his family, he flipped it, and he started writing down all the things he was thankful for, happy about, based on some of those stories I was sharing with him. So I was like, whoa, okay, now you are in a different frame of mind, go see a different counselor. Yeah, I mean that... And, and then he, you know, then he asked me if I was a counselor, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> no. That that had to have been a really um, powerful conversation for you as well, because who would have ever thought that, you know, stopping some stranger on the street to ask him on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you right now in this moment, would have potentially led to saving their life? I mean, like, how did you how did you respond to the weight of that. I, I was frozen for the longest. You know, mm-hmm. in church when he left, I was asking my wife, hey, do you know what just happened, you know? And, and 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 it took me some time to fully process it because, again, it, you know, I know the times were tough, no question about it. And, and this is kind of like where we are all going through right now, you know, where I just encourage people, pick up the phone, call somebody, you know? You know, I know that we are all shattered in, in place, we can't go anywhere, at least for now. But that's no reason for us not to be engaged. Yeah. You know, that's no reason for us not to show love. That's no reason for us not to share hope, you know? And that's why what you guys are doing now is so fantastic because more than ever, we definitely need to share hope. People need to know that this too shall pass. Yes, that it's a season. It's not forever, it's just a season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't mean the end of the world. But, I, you know, I do think people get anxious. I do think that they get overwhelmed. I do think it uh, at times can seem like the weight of the world is on their shoulders. And um, you're right. I think sometimes uh, just just checking in with somebody can mean all the difference. And you found a way to do that with a simple question on a scale of 1 to 10. How happy are you right now? Yeah, because I think what the, I didn't know this in the beginning. But I think later on is that the question was just so direct that people didn't have anywhere to hide. Yeah. And, uh, it's and simple, yet, but and direct. It's so simple. And that's, yeah, it's so simple. They don't have to think about it. But it's very direct. It's no hiding. You know, it's not like, you know, and so I think that's what makes it work well. And, and the people who hear my story say, oh, wow, you saved the guy's life. And I say, yes, well, the guy also changed my life. Yeah. You know. Was that the origin I of you that. wanting to spread this more? I mean, did, did that story spark the greater movement for you and what it's become? I, I, absolutely. Before then, there was no organization. Before then, it was just me just having some fun, you know, with me on the street and talking to people. You know, after that, I went ahead and started the I Am Happy Project, which is now in 64 cities in 19 countries. Wow. Wow. 19 countries, 64 cities, 
based on a meditation that came mm-hmm. to you and the courage to ask strangers how happy they are. So simple, it's but incredible. yet so profound. It really is. Yeah. Now I have a, I, yeah. when I watched your Ted talk, I had, I had a couple of questions. Now the first question that came okay. to mind when you shared that story was I wanted to know what stories you shared with him. What was the first story that you shared with him that caused him to want to listen to the second story? You know, I, I, I wish I do know that because <laughs> I think that's the way. No, no, no. I'm really serious because sometimes we are still stuck in certain things and other times we just let the universe just take it over, you know? Yes. Maybe maybe partially because it gave me such a hard time. So the moment you say, go ahead, I didn't even know what to think, you know? Yeah. I just started the first thing that came to my mind, you know? And, and and I didn't even know I was there for thirty minutes until he reminded me that I've been there for thirty minutes. So so in a way I was like in a trance, you know. Yeah. I, I, I can't even begin to recall how what I said with this guy, you know. Bit, but but I know I was there with him for thirty minutes. I was just showing up, and, and and that's why sometimes you know where we start to wonder, oh, what do I tell this person? You know, what story do I tell? I tell people, don't worry about that. If you're in the right place, the right story will come in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it generally a, a story that is, um, I would assume, funny, happy, uplifting somehow? You know, like I just, I, you know, no, somebody... I, I think it, it, it was part of the experiences that I've had with other people, you yeah. know. And I think that might be one of the main things that kind of grabs his attention is that, you know, maybe somewhere, is that the beginning of the story or something along the story, he started to realize he was not the only one going through this stuff. Yeah. You know, because how can this guy have this many stories to be sharing about different people? Yeah. And that's because I've, had so many, I've asked so many people that very simple question. <laughs> and, and I've taken the time to listen to them. And sometimes complete strangers, they will just be sharing stuff with me. And in the back of my head, I'm saying, God, why is this person sharing this with me? You know, <laughs> because people know me from Adam or Eve. You know, and and and, and but I, sometimes I will just be quiet and just listen. Yeah. And at the end of it, I will not even utter a single thing other to say, "Hey, can I give you a hug?" And they say, "Sure." I remember one time, and I asked a guy for a hug. The wife was there, and the guy gave me a hug. And the wife goes, Curry second, he doesn't hug. That is awesome. You know? You know, so I say, like, hey, this is different, you know, you know, so, so so and that was what was happening with people. It's kind of like either because of that time and people just needed to reach out and it, it was just it, it was it's fun, you know. And that's why for me right now, I just feel like I've been there before and we can do this. Yeah, we can. And, we can and, help. And we can we do it. We have to be strong. Yeah, we have to be strong. And 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 Sean and Jay, one thing that I just want to quickly say, though, just to, you know, we're talking about hope. Okay, I've been hearing and and, and hearing about social distancing. I've been hearing about shelter at home. I've been hearing about quarantine. Mm-hmm. I I get it. I know why we have to do that. We need to flatten the curve on this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But what I am not hearing enough of, and I will hope to hear more of, is the side effect of the shelter at home, the side effect of quarantine. You know, the longer it goes, 
There are people that may not be as mentally tough as you and I are that are going to end up being depressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if they don't seek, if they don't seek help, if they listen to a podcast like this, if they don't seek some social workers, some somebody helping them, why they are still there to kind of intercept that? Those kind of depression become suicidal. Yeah, I yeah I and, agree and, with you. I, I that's part of the, that. that. Yeah, was, that's part of the the reason why I think the prompting for me uh, became so strong to to start to do this. Number one, we had the time. We're sheltering in place. What else are we going to do? You can only watch so much Netflix and chill, you know. So, like at some point, you get your your fill of that, you know. But I, you know, Jen and I have also got four boys, and you know, I think we want to lead by example too. We we want to show them, you know, when when times are like this, when there's a collective need then it's really, really important to, um, you know, try to do something. And yes, it's social distancing, but it's not social elimination. Yeah. You know, it's not, you, yeah. you, you, you still can connect with people. We're in one of the most technologically advanced, you know, well, we are in the most technologically advanced society that has ever been. And so the ways to connect with people, either through video or phone calls or, you know, th- there's just a thousand different ways to, to do so through radio, through podcasting. And so we just felt like this was this was an opportunity. And I think, you know, it's funny, you had a, a life changing um, experience with that guy in London Square. And, and I had the same. I'll, I'll tell you, just a couple of months ago. We live in uh, Forest Hill. We live uh, basically in the in the mountains. We're about uh, 22, 2300 foot elevation. And on either side of our, our divide, basically, are two rivers. And so my wife and I had gone down and done a hike. Um, and we're finishing up the hike. And there was two different ways that we could get back up into town. And I was contemplating which way to take. And then ultimately, I chose to go the upper route, which would take us over what we call the Forest Hill Bridge. Now, the Forest Hill Bridge is the is the highest bridge in California. It's the third highest bridge in all of the country. But unfortunately, in our area, it's a bridge that has uh, quite a reputation for being a suicide bridge. People, um, unfortunately, have jumped off it quite a few times. And so when we were coming back up from our hike heading to the store, I'm driving, you know, across the bridge and I'm behind a car and all of a sudden the car pulls over about halfway through the, through the cross of the bridge. And, um, like I, I honk and I'm like, you know, like, what are you doing? And I pass the car and then I'm looking in my rear view mirror and I, and I see this person jump out of the driver's door and, uh, run around the front of their car, jump over the initial barrier and then jump onto the actual physical barrier of the bridge, and then they go over that barrier, and then I don't, I don't see anything. And for all intents and purposes, my wife has no idea what's going on. She can just see that I'm looking in the mirror, and then I get across the bridge. I immediately pull over. I stop the car, and I just, I just ran back. I ran to the middle of the bridge, and this is no short bridge. It's a pretty long one. So I, I was pretty winded by the time I got back. But when I got there, there'd already been another person that had pulled over and there was already a sheriff's patrol officer. And as I'm walking up, I see the, the, the fingers around the rails and I can tell somebody's on the other side. But because of my vantage point, I couldn't see through the railing itself because I was too far to the right. So very long story short, this young, you know, I'm guessing 24-year-old girl um, had decided that that was going to be the day she ended her life, and uh, she was going to do it by jumping off that bridge. And 
Um, I, there was just something in me that, that uh, did not want that to happen. And so, uh, by the time I got there, she was pretty pissed off with the other two people that she was talking to. And she'd moved my direction unbeknownst to knowing that I was there. And then as soon as I locked eyes on her and I just said, you know, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. There are better days ahead. Do not do this. You do not want to do this. You know, there is a future for you. God has a plan. I just kept saying that and kept talking to her and, um, Ultimately, she did end up coming back over the bridge, and um, man, I just can't share with you how much that that changed me um, to some degree. I was so happy to to be there, but I just think it 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 reminded me that at any given time, at any given moment, there are people out there that are hurting so much that the contemplation of ending their life is something they can't get out of their head. And uh, I just want to be a light. I want to be a resource for people to know that that this is this is this is just a season. You know, I've been through it. Jen's been through it. We've been through it together. You know, in oh eight oh nine, we we pretty much lost everything. So we were one of those people that you know, if you'd asked me on a scale of one to ten how happy I was at that time, you know, my answer probably would have been a three or or something in that range. It would not have been a good answer. But uh, you know. After having come through that, I think that uh, we understand what you're trying to do. So I applaud it. You know, simple question. It, it's great. So now that all of this has happened, that you, you started this back in 09, so it's spread. And now you're doing talks for high schoolers and college grads and TEDx. And so tell us what, what this movement has become. So the, the so there's two organizations now. So, so the first organization is the I Am Happy Project. And first of all, though, before I go into that, again, I just want to say thank you for having that instinct to stop your car yeah. because it could have been very easy for you to say, well, you know what? I don't know what's going on. Let me just mind my own business. Exactly. Okay? And, and, and it's so easy to say that. And especially this day and age, you don't know the risk that it's involved, but somehow you put your own life in, 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 in on hold. You need to say, hey, you know what? Whatever fear I am having, you go on the website, let me just move on, you know? Yeah. And that's how we get used if we just allow ourselves to be used, you know? So again, I want to I want to thank you for that initiative, you know? Well, thank and, you for uh, that. So, and, and we'll send out, for those of you that pray, let's send out some prayers for Sarah because I did not get any of her information, have not been able to uh, connect with her. I just pray that that moment was a lightning moment for her solidified in her mind forever and that she chooses life moving forward. Um, and so thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I just, I just shared the story because I, I just want, you know, no, no accolades for me, but just really this, this idea that at any given time in any d- given place, somebody could be hurting to the point yeah. where they don't want to go on. And I do think that yeah. we can be a light for them. Words matter. In the last couple of years, I found it so profound, and and I keep kind of coming back to this whole idea that words matter. What it didn't matter what story you shared. I, I firmly believe it was just the fact that you were willing to take your time and connect with somebody. And and words are powerful. They matter. And so I think that you're you're seeing that, and I'm seeing that as well. And and. Uh, you know, thank you for acknowledging that. But uh, you know, let's let's help a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So so after you know, my work in 2014 was recognized at the United Nations for what we do for global happiness, and so that was pretty humbling experience. And uh, and then I came across a study that was conducted by Harvard Business Review, 
And they say that happy businesses attract 37% more customers. So I was very fascinated by that. You know, I was like, wow, I, you know, I run a very successful business for a long time. And then I consciously, you know, focused on happiness. And now they started showing that you could actually do that. So we went on and started another company called the Happy Neighborhood Project. So there are two organizations now we run. One is I Am Happy Project, which is a non-profit status. And the other is Happy Neighborhood Project. And the, again, it's just like the story of my life. The Happy Neighborhood Project started almost like with a joke, you know? It wasn't supposed to be anything. It was like, you know, let's put together a registry for happy businesses. And people were just laughing, you know, what do you mean happy businesses, you know? Now, five years later, uh, March 20th of this year was our fifth anniversary for the Happy Neighborhood. We have 600 businesses that are happy business. And the whole goal is very simple. We want to build an environment or a neighborhood for businesses that consumers can come and they don't have to read reviews about those businesses. They just automatically know that these are the happiest businesses. They're going to take care of me. If something goes wrong, they're going to make it work, you know, and just have that kind of confidence, you know. And I know it's not like naive in the beginning, but now people are starting to see it come together and they're starting to realize, yes, it will work. I'll give you a quick example. You know, how old are your children? Uh, our oldest is 20, soon to be 24 in a few days, 22, and then 15 and, and 13. 13. So we've got four four boys. Two we had real quick and then got overwhelmed and then had two more six and a half years later. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So, so, so let's take a 13-year-old. Or, you know, usually maybe even younger than that, you know, like if you have a 9-year-old and you tell a 9-year-old, you know what, you've been a really good kid. I want to take you to Disneyland or to Disney World. <laughs> Do you think that kid is going to say, hold on one second, let me check the current with you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. That kid is going to give you a hug right away. They're going to be excited. They're going to do all the choice you want them to do from there <laughs> on to the day they are going. You know, because in their mind, they know what to expect when they get to Disneyland. Yes. They, they don't second guess that. And Disneyland also know that. So they work very hard to entertain a kid because they are entertaining a happy kid. So yes. that's kind of like what we miss together. We say, okay, what if the, the business can take two pledges? They can pledge to provide great customer service. They can pledge to encourage a positive work environment. And then in return, the consumer also take a pledge of no public shaming, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, can we create a neighborhood like that where a consumer knows if something is wrong, they're not going to just jump right away and go yes you, you know, go right back with you, past you, and stuff like that. So, so in order for that to happen, we develop happy case managers. So if something goes wrong, we tell the consumer, come and tell us. And we have a happy case manager that will find out what happened. And then what's the best way to resolve it? We do some brainstorming. We take your list. We go to the business owner and say, hey, you know what? Yes, one of your clients, this is what they want. How many of these can you do so we can end it on a happy note? You'll be surprised how quickly they do it. And then the consumer ends up being happy. The business being happy. The community is happy. So that's really the focus. That's the heart of the Happy Neighborhood Project is to raise the elevator you know, to humanize the review system so that you work for the consumer and you also work for the business. That's a great idea. And and so in practice, you've now had celebrated your fifth year on March 20th. 
What is the feedback that you've gotten from the businesses that have participated? Oh, they love it. They call us the happy alternative to yet. And one of the things that I always make clear to the business owners is we're not going to let you off easy, you know. We're going to put your feet to the fire. We're going to help you to upgrade. You know, when I was a young boy, I think maybe the age of seven or so, my grandma, and she lived on to be 102, so she has a lot of wisdom. She said, if you treat people the way they are capable of being, you can encourage them to become so. And, yeah, and so, that's so powerful. That, you know, so, yeah, so that's your attitude I have developed. And so when some business become members, we tell them, hey, you are going to work very hard to be a happier business because this is what it's about. Because And you're going to see the return on your investment and you're going to see how easy life is. It's going to be fun. And then once the customers start to know that, they are already happy before they even come here yeah, because they know they're coming to a happy business. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And I think your timing is perfect right now. I mean, when you think about you know, 2008 and 2009, I do think that we're going to see a lot of that. Unfortunately, I do think that some businesses, um, you know, will not survive what we're dealing with, but others will be born out of this whole process. So to to actually focus on being a happy business, a place that fosters happiness, I think is is just incredible. But one, one thing I do want to do you know, for those people that are at home, can't frequent a big business right now, you know, we've got the stay at home order. I want to kind of run through your list of the 10 things that somebody can do to foster happiness. So can you um, share that list with us? Let's just walk down one by one of, uh, you know, the list and see if we can't engender a little happiness for our listeners. How's that? All right. So the 10 ways to be happy. So the first, of course, is you got to decide to be happy and make it your top priority. And, and the reason I emphasize the top priority, I talk to a lot of people during the, I ended up interviewing over 1,000 people during that period. And a lot of people say, oh, I want to be happy. And they say it's so lazy, difficult, so casual, you almost think that they don't mean it, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know so, so, so that's why I say when you make that decision, you have to take, make it a priority. So that's number one. Number two, and this is probably one of my favorite. Although I like all of them, okay. <laughs> but this is probably one of all my of them favorite. make you all of them make you happy, right? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but you know, the number two says smile and learn to laugh at yourself. Oh, yes. Smile. Well, my wife does a lot of that. Jen does a lot of smiling and laughing at. She's the chief happiness officer of our house. She's she's the goofy one. I'm the serious one. You know, she's the one that makes all of us laugh. (laughs) Everything's funny. And you you know, without her, your seriousness will not work. True. Very true. That's job security for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd end up grumpy. That, that's that's what we exactly. nicknamed my, my my dad was his nickname was Grumpy, and I'd be Grumpy number two. <laughs> number two. Yeah. No. So 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 thank Jeff for that. So yes. that's number two. Okay. And, and here is the other thing. I know that sometimes we say kids don't have responsibility. That's why kids are always happy. That's not true. It's just that kids do silly stuff. You know, yeah. and, 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 and that's why they are happier and we can learn from that. The number three is volunteer your time. Yeah. Volunteer your we time. We have to learn 
to be of service to others, okay? It's not always about us. In short, when things get very tough for us, and we can find a way to reach deep inside and forget ourselves and, and invest in other people, it just makes a whole difference because mm-hmm. the brain understands how to process that. Number four is donate your money according to your pocket, even if it is a dime. I know some people are going to say, hey, I'm not a philanthropist. You know, I don't have that money. I'm just barely making it. No, it's the law. You know, if you start to give of the little you have, mm-hmm. the universe will replenish where it comes from. Oh, I love that. I could not agree with that more. You are so it's spot on. Very, very true. Like when you have a giving yeah. heart without mm-hmm. expectation, no matter how small the gift, it does. It does come back to you and it comes back yeah. to you multiplied. You can't outgive the giver. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Can't cannot. outgive the source. So that, okay, so that's number four. And then number five, this is when it starts to really be exciting, okay? You have to make time for your faith, your family, and your friends. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, when I listen to people now that are complaining about Sheka at all, I laugh. Because <laughs> these were the same people that were complaining of not having time for their family. Yeah. And now they have plenty of time for their families. Now they are complaining about it. So, you know, so, <laughs> so, so, so that's human nature. You know, we are insatiable, you know? Yes. So we should just enjoy our friends, enjoy our family, enjoy our You know, some people might say, oh, I can't go to church or mosque or whatever they believe in. You can do that online too, you know? Yep. You can still connect. Yes, you know, you can. so you can. So that's, that's number five. And number six, and this is where it gets kind of really nitty-gritty. And when, when I was interviewing people and they were sharing this part with me, I never really completely get it myself until I started to try to summarize all the things I've learned. And that is, you have to make a list, okay, of all the things you are thankful for. But then number seven, close to that, is you have to make a list of all the things that make you unhappy. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> you know, because it's not always about happy. You know, I remember I do a class on sadness and happiness, and people will say, Edwin, you're the chief happiness officer. Why should you be talking about sadness? <laughs> I say, sadness allows you to appreciate happiness. Yes, it does. Uh, okay, I'll give you a quick example. A guy came to me one time after one of my workshops, and he said, Edwin, you know what? I, I, you know, I had a really bad experience you know, in my last session. I vow I would never, never date a woman again the rest of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can just say the anger that he was using to say it, you know? So when he was finished, I said, wow, you must have been madly in love with her, you know? <laughs> and you must have been the happiest Literally person in the world. madly in love. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, 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 and he said, yeah, how do you know that? He said, because of how angry you are. <laughs> I think she took you to somewhere you never thought you could be. You experience happiness like nobody ever experienced happiness. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at she's looking at me now really weird, okay? <laughs> I say I say, but here is the thing though. Are you telling me now because your heart was broken or something, you never want to experience happiness like that again for the rest of your life? Yeah, that, that wouldn't make quiet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, no, you do. You do want to experience that kind of happiness again. You don't want to live that way the rest no of your way. life. Yeah. No. So so you have to take a risk. You have to take a chance. Yes. You have to know 
the only reason you're feeling you're feeling that bad is because that person took you to a whole level of happiness you never even know existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you know but what? You... That, Go ahead. But what I was gonna say now that he has he recognized that capacity to be that happy. He has to just step out and go experience it again. Yes, I I agree. I couldn't agree with that more. It's it's like you 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 have to have the contrast to appreciate either position. Yeah. You know, you have to experience sadness to really fully appreciate joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to experience joy to truly understand the depths of sadness. It's yeah. it's the human experience. You know, like, but I I do think. You know, one of the first things that you keyed on, I, I thought about uh, Jen bought me a sign and it, it was in my office and it basically is happiness is a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's a daily reminder that it's not based on circumstance. It's not based on environment. It's not based on anything external. Mm-hmm. It's choosing despite what is going on, good, bad, or indifferent, it's still choosing to have joy, to, to choose to embrace or be open to happiness. And uh, I think that that's, I, I know that's why you had it at number one, yeah. you know, the first of the, of the list. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it is. Now, one of the things, though, that I do share with people, and this is after years of actually going out and talking about happiness and studying happiness, I don't want people to see a sign like that mm-hmm. and think it's going to be an easy decision. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. You know, you know, because it's not. You know, if you if you tell someone that's going through depression that mm-hmm. happiness is a choice, you might as well just take a knife and just shoot it in their chest. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, because that's, that's true. what they want to hear at that time. But the truth is, when it's all said and done, it is a, cho- a choice, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a difficult choice. Yes. That's why we have to work on it every single day. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why you have to commit it, <laughs> commit to it and make it that priority that you said. Make it the number one thing you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because according to Dalai Lama, he said the purpose of life is to be happy. You know, it's, it's not the secondary reason, it's not the third reason, it's your primary reason. Yeah. And the good news about it is when you are happy, you contaminate other people with it. <laughs> it's infectious in a good way. Yes, it is. In a good way, exactly. It's the so antidote to what we're going through right now. It is definitely the antidote. Very, very. <laughs> we definitely need it. Yes, we, we need do. a lot of hope, too. We, need we a do. Lot of hope. We do. Okay, so number eight, you have to learn to manage your time. Your money now, you know, Sean, this is your side as a financial plan, okay? Yeah. So, so we know that time and money, you know, and when your brain is stressful, you cannot be happy. Yeah. So you have to figure out a way to manage those two things. And then number nine, you have to be active and make healthy choices. Okay. You have to be active, make healthy choices. Now, one thing that I want to just share in this number nine, and this is one thing that a lot of people take for granted, mm-hmm. okay? And that is, you know, I see people go and exercise. I see people eat right. I see people, you know, uh, you know, drink water and all those stuff. Most people underestimate the power of sleep. That you need seven to nine hours of sleep, average of eight, yeah. to allow your brain not only just to rest, but to also clean all the garbage that you've collected throughout the day. I got number nine down. I love sleep. That's I, why you smile a lot. I love it so much. Like, honestly, it's my favorite part of the day is sleeping. <laughs> we, we were coming in to do the interview with you, and it's, you know, what, 
three o'clock in the afternoon. And my wife says, do you think we can go to bed when we get back? Like, you know, we're, we'll probably be back by like five or whatever. And she's like, do you think it's too early to go to bed by then? Now, this is also, though, a woman that gets up at, you know, 430 in the morning to do three different workouts for herself. So that, that maybe that's why she's tired. I, I was honestly like, if, if I go to bed when I get home, then I'm going to have to forego dinner. So I'm trying to think of if and that's the best likes, option. The only thing like she likes, too. the only thing she likes more than sleep is food. So that's, that's, so I, I have this, hey, that's a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> I have this debate going on in my head right now. Like, sleep, what am I going to do? Food, priority, sleep, food. And like on any given day, one can, one can surpass the other one. It's for sure. You know, like it's, it's easy for but, them but that, to switch places. You have to, you have to. I mean, when you have that, you know, I see a lot of, uh, if, if you are a business owner, especially entrepreneur that listen to this, and yes, I was guilty of this in the past also, please, but if you can do your work and your play in 16 hours of the day and give yourself eight hours of sleep, then you need some experience in time management. Okay? Oh, yeah. You know, you don't need, you don't need to eat into your sleep time <laughs> to be successful. You just don't, okay? So, so very so anyway, true. So then, it, then in number 10, I think is the whole purpose of your show. Number 10, if you have to create goals or dreams and live and work diligently towards it, you have mm. to cope. Yes. yes. You have to. You yes, know, you, it, you cannot, you can't replace that. I, I think hope is synonymous to happiness. Yeah. yeah, you if you if you don't have hope, how can you possibly have happiness? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not optimistic about the future, it makes it very very difficult for you to be happy. Yeah, they kind of go together. It, it sure does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so, so um, ways to be happy. Yeah. Oh, I you know I, I love I love this movement, love this story. So, are you working on you you went from the happiness project to happy neighborhoods to you're like, what's next for you? I feel like you're changing the world yes. with just your attitude. Yes. So, like, what what what's on the horizon that's next for you? Well, I I, I think where we are going through now is just for the confirm that we still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, that's just the bottom line. And the one thing that kind of gives me a lot of hope during this period is that you know, as I talk to a lot of folks who are part of the I am happy project or happy neighborhood project. I see a sense of optimism. It's almost like they feel like, hey, Edwin, you know, the first time came around to us, we didn't really believe you. <laughs> but then we realized things got better, things improved. So this time around, we believe you because, you know, this is going to get better again. Yeah. So I think that kind of helped because we went through the process together where they realized, okay, they lost their home, they lost their job, they lost their 401k. And then they got it back. Maybe they got it with a better home, a better, better job. So now they can take a little bit of relief to say, you know what? I think we're going to make it again, you know? So so, so I think that's what it allows us to do is, for me, I want a convergence where the I Am Happy project, which is individual, comes together with the Happy Neighbor project. You know, I'm working on several books right now, so I have to focus on just finish one at a time. So one of the books that I'm working on is the future leadership, you know, you know, of business. It's not going to be chief executive officer anymore. They're going to be chief happiness officer. <laughs> I love we it. Realize, That's so yeah, good. We, we realize that the happiness of our employees affects our bottom line very, very seriously. 
you know, the happiness of our customer affects our bottom line very seriously. Mm -hmm. And then the leader is going to start thinking, okay, how do I optimize the happiness of my employee? How do I optimize the happiness of my customer? And then they realize in the process, they're optimizing the happiness of the community that they have impact on. That's where we are going. Yeah, that's great. I think that that's a, a phenomenal movement, a great cause, and uh, something that I think is, uh, you know, if you if you can accomplish it, what you're already doing, you're going to look back and go, that was a life well lived. I mean, mm -hmm. good job for you coming all the way from Nigeria to change the world and mm -hmm. spread happiness. I love it. I love it, too. It's so good. Thank you very I, much. But Ed, Edwin, much. I have a question for you. Yes. How happy are you? Say that again. How happy are you? Oh, right now I'm going to give myself a nine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I like it. I like it. I would give myself a nine too. Are you? Yes, are you I'll ever a ten? Are you ever a ten? Sometimes if I'm not there too long. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we are like I think you really are the boy version of me because I feel that same way. <laughs> you you yeah, can peek yeah, at it. You, you you can spend an hour or two at ten, and then it just yeah yeah. yeah. It's not and, then, and then it goes back. Yeah, because yeah. there's always work to do. There's always work to do. You know, <laughs> and and, uh, and and also too, it's very hard to see a time when people around you are not you know in that level. You know, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so people shouldn't affect your mm -hmm. your happiness mm -hmm. because it's your happiness. But the truth is, we live in energy. Yes. And so, if there is a constant unhappiness, it would also rub off of you. And now you have to do a little bit more work, you know, to get back to where you're supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. You know? and, 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 and that's one of the reasons. And this is one of the other books that I'm working on, where it is to change the narrative from happiness as emotion to happiness as a skill, okay? And this is where I go to high school to teach. I go to college to teach. I go into company to teach. It's a set of skills that people can develop. And then they know when life throws them a curveball, instead of letting it just paralyze them or send them into a depression, they know what to work on to get out of it. Because when you look at happiness as pure emotion, we are powerless. Mm-hmm. That we means it comes or goes. It's it's more that. circumstantial. It's 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 not something that's in your control. But when you equip somebody no. with the understanding of how to foster it, how to create it, mm -hmm. the steps to take to oh get it goodness. back if you lose it, then that's that, I mean that should be an essential life skill. You know, like it, it, that should be something that everyone's equipped with before they graduate high school. They should, and that's why I have such a long waiting list of schools, you know, waiting for me to come in because I do that part on a voluntary basis. So I have to manage time, but it's so crucial because I go to some of these schools, especially middle school. You know, I remember one instance, and I'll be very quick with this, okay? And and this kid, everybody thought he was a bully, and then I finished my class on happiness as a skill, and this kid came to me. And he said, Mr. E, you know, because he couldn't say my last name, you know. <laughs> and he said, Mr. E, you know, I think I am a bully. <laughs> and I said, wow, how did you come to that conclusion? He said, well, based on some of the things that you are sharing right now. And I said, well, what are you going to do about this? Oh, no, I don't want to be a bully. I'm going to go apologize to the people that have been bullied. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I don't want to be a bully. You're, 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 you're teaching was able to put a mirror up so he could yeah, see himself differently. Yeah. 
It's so important. I yeah. love this. Yeah, the kids, the kids want to be a bully. Now, <laughs> imagine if a teacher starts punishing a kid that didn't even know what they are. <laughs> He's getting punished for being a bully and didn't really even connect the dots that yeah. he was. And then you, you he helped connect correct. the dots. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, don't get me wrong. There are some kids that are just bully and they know it. <laughs> but there are some who are not bully, but they do bully tendency, you know? Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. need to be able to separate those from the rest of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, that's that's <laughs> awesome. I, I, I just want to say... You know, from one person to another, one person trying to make a difference to another, what you're doing is awesome. And I just, I, you know, I applaud it. I support it. I think it's awesome. I think it, I I just love hearing a story that was just born out of you taking action. Like you just did something. It was this simple question on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? That's just such a simple question, but it has so much potential to change somebody's life. And I just, um... You know, I, I just am in awe mm-hmm. of what you've done. And it, it so it makes me all happy. I'm like, I feel so happy right now. <laughs> yeah, my my scale of one to ten when I came in the door, and I think that's why he asked yeah. it. You know, to get a gauge. You yes. know, like where are you now, yeah. so that you know, like yeah. if it's improved. You know, but like, yeah. it, it it is true. I think yeah. talking to happy people makes you happier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So in closing, Edwin, I, I, you know, we've got some people that may be struggling right now to uh, find their happy. So, you know, if you could, what would you share with somebody right now that may be experiencing some anxiety, some worry, some concern, you know, the whole situation? Maybe they're concerned about their job. Maybe they're concerned about money. Maybe it's health, health of their children or their parents or whatever. You know, like, what would you say to that person? I would say that they should be thankful for what they have. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't appreciate what we have enough until we don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you are shelter at home right now, which most of us are, except if you happen to be, you know, a a doctor or a nurse or a a first responder or a grocery worker. And, 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 And Sean and Jen, I just want to really use this opportunity because a lot of us express gratitude to healthcare workers and to first responders, but I want to really express my gratitude to the grocery workers, okay? Yes. You know, because they are putting the life on risk too, maybe not as dramatic as the emergency room doctor, but they don't know who is coming to buy stuff, but they have to show up so we can eat, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I want to just say thank you to those people that have to do that. So yes, I would say to the person listening right now, you know, it doesn't matter whether your client have gone to zero, your revenue is down, or maybe you were laid off. Whatever the reason is, I want you to find hope. And I'm taking from Sean and Jay right now, okay? Mm-hmm. I want you to find hope and just be thankful for what you have. Because I feel this, and I feel this with every cell in my body. As human beings, we already have everything we need to be happy. We mm-hmm. don't need a single thing more. It doesn't matter whether you are a Jeff Bezos or you are a homeless person on the street. We already have everything we need to be happy. Now, if we focus on that and we really appreciate that and we are thankful for that, then we allow happiness to do its magic. Ah. 
That's so good. That's so good, Edwin. Thank you that so much. That touches my heart so I know. much. Oh my goodness. My wife was just smiling from ear to ear listening Aww. to you. You you are awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and spreading your word of happiness yes. and joy. And, uh, you know, I just uh, just can't um, say enough how inspired I am. Yes. Thank you for your you. time. That was great. Absolutely. And I want to say thank you to both of you for what you guys are doing. Oh, thank well, you. You, you are welcome. That, Jen, was awesome. That was amazing. What did you think of that? I just feel so happy. I really, really loved talking to him. What, you know, just changing the world, changing neighborhoods, changing mm-hmm. businesses, changing people. Just well, to, but just by asking him the question, checking in with them on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you yeah, right now? Yeah, I really challenge everyone to just ask everyone how happy they are. I mean, and for really me, listen. I agreed. But it, for me, it took out like all these excuses mm-hmm. about what you can do. Like yeah. it just started with a, with a, a question. Yes. And has led into like changing people's lives. Yeah. It's truly amazing what he does. It, I mean, I just, I could sit here and listen to him all day, but I love talking about happiness. I love talking about being happy. I mean, I wear a happy necklace every single day. I always have for many, many, many years. You're definitely our chief happiness officer in our house. <laughs> I I like to create happiness. So what's my title? Um, I don't know. What do you want your title to be? <laughs> no, you got to, you got to title me. If you're the chief happiness officer, what is my title? The chief grumpiness <laughs> officer. I don't know. Is that what you think I am? No, you're not grumpy. You're you're the discipline. You're the I'm the chief discipline you're officer. The disciplinarian officer. <laughs> Is that a word? Disciplinarian, yes. Yeah. See, I said it right. Yeah, you did. Just it was kind of drawn out. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was elongated. Yeah. I'm the fun one, you're not. Okay. Let's just say it that. I'm okay. Ha- I'm happy and fun. I'm fun. You're, I laugh. You're very rarely fun. What? <laughs> no, you're fun. You're just not as fun as me. <laughs> I'm winning. I always win, right? You you win in the fun department. That yeah, is for sure. For sure. I mean, I am under Ula fun. Yes. Am I not? Yes. See? Yeah. Winning. You you were you. It's been documented. You were part of a book. Yes. And you were under Ula fun. This and, is for sure. And I got to write about fun because that's who I am. Ula Fun for Women. Yes. Right? Yes. In that book? Yes. What chapter were you? I don't even know. The fun chapter. The best one. The fun chapter. <laughs> Seriously, it's I know, called I know. fun. <laughs> All right. Well, that was awesome. Um, I just hope, it, you know, for those of you that are listening, um, Edwin was referred to us by another guest that had come on our show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we believe in that. We believe in that kind of a movement. If you've got somebody that you know that can speak positivity, encouragement, uh, uplift others, you know, be a vessel for hope, we would love to talk with them. And you can reach out to us on either Instagram, which is Hope Radio Podcast, or Facebook. At Hope Radio Podcast. And uh, we would love to connect with whoever you think might uh, be a good guest for our show. And if you're in need of encouragement, you know, we want to talk to you as well. Like, this isn't just for a show for encouragers. Mm -hmm. It's a show meant to encourage others. And sometimes your story... um, could be an encouragement to others. It could, it could be, you know, and I, I just think that that's awesome. Yeah. You just never know whose life you're touching or changing or who you are actually speaking into. So Alandria comes to mind. Like when we were mm-hmm. done with her, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just felt like we were all uplifted oh, as yeah. part of that conversation. It's so good. It's, this is good. 
Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with this. This is all so good. Good for the soul. Soul food. You know what's also good? What? We're going to have another interview tomorrow. Yes. Looking forward Can't to that. Wait. See you tomorrow. Bye.